This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. Rank bros, that's a hot take, bro. Oh, for goodness sake, bro. I know we are related, but sometimes I can't relate, bro. Now we must debate, bro. I got more in the tank, bro. Okay, so I guess that's why we call ourselves the Rank Bros. Hello, friends, listeners. And those of you who have a passion for listen, welcome to the Rank Brothers Podcast, the podcast in which me and my brother take upon ourselves the incredibly important task of ranking every single thing in the entire world. I am the younger brother, Muhammad, joined by the older brother, Fuajoma. How you doing, Fu? I'm just doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. We're recording another episode. I'm excited. Me too. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, coming off our guest week, we're back to you, Phil. What, what was the uh, thing that you chose to rank this week? Yeah, my turn this week, and I chose uh, Kill Bill villains. Oh, uh, the villains from Kill Bill one and two. A great, a great list. Yeah, I, I was very excited. I went back and revisited these movies for the first time in a long time, and. Uh, was was very excited. The first time I saw these movies was like in the theater. I, I guess the last time I saw these movies too, probably was in the theater when they came. Oh wow, out. wow! This is a, a an often watched uh, movie for me. Both of them. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, one of my did you watch favorites. them in the theaters originally? I did, and I'll get into some of my feelings because it, it was a very. Um, this was a. This was. I was at a at a really good age for this movie to be very important to my uh, to my love of of cinema and films, mm. and 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 to be stoked like to be. It was you know I love being excited about a movie or being excited about a director that I like. You know, having a new movie, and I think this was super early on in that. As uh, first of all, it was the first like Quentin Tarantino movie I would see in theaters, uh, as a lot of people of our age, I'm I'm sure. Um, yeah, probably a lot of people in might have been, general. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people yeah, saw have been Pulp mine Fiction too. in theaters, but um, I think this was like kind of his. Hey guys, uh, you all know Quentin Tarantino. Here's his new movie. You know what I mean? It felt it felt a little uh-huh. like a big crazy release. And then, of course, I think after after these two is really when he was just like everybody was seeing his movies when they came out. Um, but yeah, I was, I was. Yeah, it's weird to think of like these movies as kind of putting him on the map when he had a couple of huge movies before that. But in, at least in a for way, our generation, in a way, I feel like that did. was kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. What year did Kill Bill come out? Where, I, I think maybe two thousand one. I think I might be was a freshman in high school, maybe a sophomore, which uh, two thousand one could be either of those. I think. I'm seeing two thousand and three. Two thousand three. I was a junior then. I was in college. Yeah. yeah. We're both pretty big Tarantino fans in general. I really like, and we'll get into it a little bit with this movie, but the things I really like about Tarantino, I mean, he is an amazing director, but I just think his dialogue is so good and so engaging, and, and his he's really good at world building in a way that uh, I think a lot of directors kind of um, miss out on, especially directors who are making the kind of movies that he makes. Like, he's he's really good at building a world in in a way that's like, feels super real because everybody's like so distinct and has such distinct personalities but at the same time there's like such elements of i mean it's so over the top and cartoony even at points especially the kill bill movies um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i I don't know if if you know 
to put them as one movie, which I think is probably the proper way to do it, it might be my favorite film, my favorite Tarantino movie. That might be the case. I'm not sure, but it's definitely up in like the top three. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a hard ranking when we get to it. Um, yeah. But let's jump I, in. I, I, yeah, let's jump into our list. I was just going to say, I, I can remember watching this in the theater and it being one of the, the at the time, like, one of the shockingly, like for a non-horror movie, one of the shockingly bloodiest movies oh, and it's, that it's, you saw in the theater. It's still, it. it's like one of the bloodiest, it's got to be like one of the goriest movies yeah, of all time. like I remember leaving that very, you know, eyes wide open, like, oh my God. All right, well, let's jump into the list. Let's jump into the ranking. Um, for this one, when, when we went through and counted... Uh, we came up with ten villains. Yeah, it's it's basically every villain in the movie. Um, yeah. Although we consolidated, of course, all of the Crazy 88. But we also, and we talked about this a lot, but we consolidated Johnny Moe in with the Crazy 88. Yeah, um, he's he's part of that group. Yeah, so. And and we've got a few of the uh, lesser known, yeah, less important yeah, I mean, villains too. The only too, people that anybody... I was thinking that could also maybe be considered a, a villain in the movie weren't really villains of the bride of, of uh, our, our main character, Beatrix Kiddo. You know what I mean? I was like, well, you yeah. could kind of consider like Bud's boss a villain. <laughs> you know, he's a sure, guy. But I was like, he's not. Yeah, he's a so, but anybody that like um, interacts and, and causes violence or, or, or has some sort of will, uh, uh, um, uh, bad intent intentions towards the bride are, are on this list. So yeah, I I watched the movies. We rewatched them. I did them, too. I did watched too. Them with my wife and uh, Amanda and your made the point while we were watching. No, the little ones did not join <laughs> us. But I was going to say five. Amanda made the point that the bride could be considered a villain. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm sure, sort of, to some people. Yeah, but not at least not for. But the, not she's the protagonist mm, of the movie, mm, and therefore is not. Mm-hmm. So ten villains, uh, as is customary. Uh, I'll let you start since okay. I got to choose this topic. Okay. So, number 10, the worst villain in the movie is uh, Buck. This guy Buck sucks. the orderly. He's disgusting. Yeah, he's like... He's my number 10 also. Yeah. He's easily the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Yeah. Um, it is super satisfying watching uh, the bride kill him with the, um, with the door... Um, and him being completely confused because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> She's yelling, "Where's Bill?" But he sucks. He's he's selling her to people. Yeah, he's also no redeeming qualities. This guy's super the worst. early in the movie, yeah. one of the one of the early kills, not the first, but uh, maybe the second. You could also throw. I guess I didn't, we didn't really think about this, but talking about people who do damage to him, uh, he there is a person that she kills. Um, with yeah, him. with yeah, him, that she bites his yeah. mouth off, and that that's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's the that guy, guy from all the Billy Madison movies. The, the time were, uh, yeah, Billy. What is it? Happy Madison movies. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. It's that actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's in all those movies. He uh, plays one of the brothers in Little Nicky. Yeah, the Satan worshiping brothers. Uh, no, it won't. That's one of his lines. Yeah. I love Little Nicky. <laughs> um, well, we'll get to Adam Sandler movies eventually. Uh, so yeah, Buck sucks. Super satisfying yeah. to watch him die by getting his head slammed into a door. Uh, and then yeah. she steals his pussy wagon, which is also uh, gross. <laughs> yeah, they're both just terrible human beings with 
bad intentions, yeah. but they're not. They're not they're interesting not either. Cool so villains at all. Uh, and, exactly. And basically, every other villain in this movie is awesome, but uh, Buck yeah. sucks. Um, number nine. Should I go? You, you've got everything else. Yeah, I agree. Number ten was Buck. Okay. So number nine for you. My number nine was Karen Kim. So Karen Kim appears in the second movie near the end. She is the assassin um, sent from. Uh, the, it's a flashback of when the bride finds out she's pregnant, and this is what this is like. At, very last act of the movie, she's with Bill, and they're kind of talking about when the bride decided she would leave. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's a flashback. She's the bride's on a job, and she um, she gets tracked. She says she was distracted because you know she thought she was pregnant. She gets tracked, and they sent uh, an assassin after her. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's Karen Kim, and Karen Kim's kind of a cool character because she's in one scene, very little dialogue, and ha- small role, yeah. And Tarantino and this the actress whose name I don't know do a great job with uh, bringing her to life and making her feel very three dimensional and real. She's got like a personality. She's like she's got kind of an attitude, like a lot of the um, uh, villains in the movie. She is a like young woman. Um, mm-hmm. Who's like definitely got you know she's like she's there to kill and she's she's angry but then she has a heart you know she ends up letting uh, the bride go because the bride just found out she was pregnant yeah they they had guns drawn on each other yes. and uh, there's a good the bride kind of makes the point that we could kill each other right here or you could just get out of here and we'll never see each other right, again right 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 yeah there's like a Mexican standoff yeah yeah I mean part of it is yeah. that. They're they are like in a dead heat, and the other part mm-hmm. is she's like I just found out a pregnant. She makes her check the pregnancy test. It's a it's kind of a funny scene. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Karen Kim. But yeah, a, a pretty minor character, and I, I had her a little further down my list. I, my number nine uh, was Sophie Fatal. Yes, Sophie is uh, Oren Ishii's like. Right-hand Lawyer, yes, right-hand yeah. woman, yeah. Um, but even though it's a, a bigger role than Karen Kim, she's certainly in the movie a little bit more and has a little bit more importance, I felt like even, like you said, I thought Karen was more fleshed out than Sophie was. To me, Sophie was a little bit of a, a throwaway. Like, well, she- Her main, I think, reason for being there is that she's the one that, survives the big massacre to tell um to tell bill yeah yeah so she has a a a certain function that she serves and she does it fine but as a character i thought she's a little bit boring and unnecessary well sophie fatale is my number eight so i'll get into my thoughts about her as well i have her let me let me let me interrupt you too because my number eight is is karen kim so our bottom three are are the same same. which we kind of talk about them all so for me, Sophie Fatale is a great example of world building in this movie. She is a very minor character in a lot of ways. She does serve a very good purpose, um, a very important purpose, uh, as you stated. But she also has a whole backstory. She was also trained by Bill. She was there the day that the bride was, you know, attempted th- during her wedding massacre. Um, yeah. She is like, oh, Renny, she's like best friend. Uh, which is cool, and and she has a personality as well. I mean, she she gets less screen time as far as I mean, maybe she gets more screen time, but she doesn't have as many like dialogue scenes. All we really know about her is, is the things that I said, and she's French. Um, 
French, Japanese. Yeah, but I think. you see yeah. her on the phone a lot. The there's the phone ringing uh, ringtone, which is triggers the bride, which I thought was is like a cool little extra. Um, I want to talk about another character with Sophie Fatal because I think this is the other great example of world building, and he's he's definitely a bigger and more fleshed out character. But that's um, Hatari Hanzo. So Hatari Hanzo. Mm. Uh, the sword maker also could be like a character that I think in a lot of movies would be he's the person who makes the blades. But in this movie, he's also Bill's um, Bill's old mentor, uh, his old master, and he's also runs this Japanese restaurant. Like, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a, mm-hmm. a, some comedic scenes with him. The person that trains under him is also like a funny character in the movie. Um, yeah. But in a similar way, I feel like Sophie Fatal could have just been like, it's Oranishi's right-hand woman, it's her lawyer, and her best friend, and she's always there. That's kind of like that character, right? It's almost a trope. But Tarantino's really good at taking the trope and then sort of adding layers to it, adding more character and depth to it. Um, and of course, Oranishi, or, uh, and of course, Sophie Fatal also has uh, one of the better gruesome scenes in the movie, especially in the first one getting her arm cut off is just the coolest (laughs) and she's just spraying (laughs) blood everywhere it's so cool i mean a lot of people lose their living that scene in the subsequent scene but uh it's really a cool way when she calls out oranishi and then chops off sophie's arm and just blood is just spraying and so and and sprays is the right word yeah (laughs) sophie like collapses and screams and a lot of good screams in this in these movies by the way a lot of good yelling (laughs) and screaming which is nice People who are, like, generally, like, they don't just get stabbed and fall away. Like, they're generally upset yeah. that yeah. they just lost their limb or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I put uh, Karen on my eight and Sophie on my nine because uh, I, I thought, I, I don't know, I guess, like I said, I thought Karen was a little bit, the the fact that they kind of had that scene and they had a little bit of back and forth and ultimately she shows compassion. It's a little bit more interesting to me. I know... Like, if I compare Sophie to Hanzo, I know they both kind of have a backstory, but one with Hanzo, I thought, kind of moved the story along and added to who he was. And with Sophie, it was just kind of like, she was there on the day that the bride was massacred, but she didn't need to be. She wasn't important. The, the ringtone thing was kind of cool. You're yeah. right about that. Mm-hmm. But like we said, ultimately, uh, I thought it was pretty clear that those three were the bottom three whatever way you slice sure, it. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that, yeah, um, Sophie Fatal and, and, and uh, Karen Kim are, are pretty close, you know. They, they, no blame to you for putting one over the other. I could I could see that. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if our, our number seven is going to be the same. I wonder that too. to me, that was a specific group, and then the rest were a little harder to figure yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder that too, because I love this next character, and I'll, I'll get into it. So my number seven is Gogo Yubari. Okay. Not your number seven. Okay. Interesting. It's not my I number seven. I saw it on seven, your face. No. Okay. No. That is that is interesting. So, Gogo Yubari is a super cool character. I mean, super mm-hmm. cool, but also very short-lived. She does have some backstory, which she has that great scene where she stabs the man who's flirting with her in the stomach, um, which is which is cool. She's just kind of crazy. <laughs> is her kind of <laughs> yeah. backstory? She's a crazy the and and so she's kind of part of the crazy ADA. She's a, she's a little bit more separated than than Johnny Mo, who's the actual like leader of the crazy ADA. But she works for yeah. Orenishi, and she's in that crew, right? Um, yeah, she's described, I think, as as Oren's personal bodyguard. Right, right, right. 
Um, and she, uh, yeah, she's, she's, um, she has that awesome weapon. She has a, um, mm-hmm. spiky ball on the chain, which I'm sure there's probably a real name for it, but that's what it is. Yep. Uh, spiky and ball. she is sadistic and kind of insane. And it's, it's her fight with the bride is really good. Um, one of the better fights I think in, in all the movies. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, she's, she's a cool character with a good fight. Um, but she doesn't, she's not around for a long time, you know what I mean? And she doesn't have, even though the character is very fleshed out and has, um, a lot of backstory, there's not a lot of depth to her probably because like a lot of the crazy 88, she's just sort of mentally, uh, she's just crazy. You know, that's like part of the thing is like, they're just like, they, <laughs> yeah. they love violence. She they're kind of has a singular focus mm-hmm. yeah, of and they're, yeah, they're, violence and, and, killing. and, and working for, for Oranishi, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, so I love the character. I think that fight is very good. That fight actually, I don't know if you notice this, this, but there's some really fun sound effects in that. There's some fun sound effects in the whole movie, in, the, in both movies. And he, Tarantino, in all his movies, used sound really, really well. But there's like some cartoony sound. There's a bowling ball like a strike sound when she hits the, when she collapses on the table, <laughs> like the pins falling. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff, and it's a really good example of how he really Tarantino really captures tone in a way that I think very few other directors can do, especially a tone that is like that movie. This movie is so bloody and so violent and you're still having a great time and having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Without like, without losing the, the feeling that it's, um, that it's, it's serious. You know, it, it, it never doesn't feel like, real or serious it just also feels like you can appreciate it and sort of have a good time as the bride is getting her revenge and never have to you know yeah get to i think that (laughs) that those sound effects and like the cartoony gore Mm kind of all make it feel a little bit like a comic Mm -hmm. book in in the way of a comic book it's serious but still sort of uh cartoony and right 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 Amped up, right? Right. Yeah, I, I love Gogo, and and she's a little bit further down my list. Interesting. Yeah, my number seven is interesting because when you were describing uh, Gogo, I have some of these same feelings toward my number seven. My number seven is Vernita Green. Mm. Um, you know, she she. This is kind of where my my line is from. Uh, cool, really cool characters to not as cool. Vernita Green's all right. I think she's okay. She doesn't get a lot of screen time. Um, she doesn't have a major role other than kind of being the first one on uh, the bride's list, or that we see in the movies at least. Um, backstory-wise, I mean, she's got a daughter, and so she and the bride have a little bit of a connection she, there. She kind of and- successfully left the way that the bride did not. You know, yeah, which is which is I think exactly. is a very interesting, um, and and yeah, her her scene, her like, so of course, Kill Bill is separated by the bride chasing down each uh, person that's responsible for the massacre at her wedding and, and attempting to kill her and kill her baby, and Vernita Green is the first one. It's the opening scene, and her she's the first person, and it's an interesting choice to go with this person that is like, oh, you're what the bride would have been, you know, or could have mm-hmm. been if Bill was willing to to let her go. Um, yeah. She's my number seven, Vernita Green, so she's next on my list. So not far off. She's got to be sorry, your number, number six. six. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm bad at counting. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I do know that. So she's next on my list. Yeah. Um, okay. I did put her a little bit higher because I think that the you get a lot from her. First of all, I think it's a great fight. It's one of there's a few of these. Um, L Driver in uh, the second movie uh, has one too, mm-hmm. where it's like very close co- quarters combat. Um, but yeah. it's like in this suburban house. It's you know destroying this sort of nice living room, and I, I, it's a very nice opening. Like it's literally the first. It's before you get any backstories. What it's what we yeah, get. It's your introduction mm-hmm. to anything. And then and then seeing the moment that you know the daughter's there, and in the bride even justifying it later of being like because you know Vernita kind of tries to use her daughter, you know, and is like, hey, don't kill me. I have a life. I have a family. Do it for my. Let me live for my daughter. And the bride's like. Don't that has nothing to do with our past Get business? Out of here with yeah, that. like I, yeah. I don't. It's not even on my radar, you know. And she tries. She's like, I don't want to kill you in front of your daughter, but she's like, don't even. I don't give a shit what your life is now. This is about that day four years ago, and uh, I just think it's a really cool way to set up this, this, you know, this movie. Um, what do you think about? I mean, do you buy the whole? I, this was one of the things I didn't really like about Vernita is the idea that they could be fighting in the way that they were and then they could pause and have coffee or well, yeah. you know, I mean, go it's, through those motions. I, I didn't really – to me, I, I didn't buy any of that. But we like know that, that Vernita that is only stalling <laughs> to try to – because she doesn't want to die. you know. Yeah, but when you – when you look at who the bride is, like, why would well because she, she didn't want to kill her in front of her daughter, which is what she says says, and then they make a plan to do it at that night outside of the house. Um, so you do get to see some of like the bride's tenderness while still being like, "I'm still gonna f- kill you." <laughs> yeah, I guess for me, like the way that the bride shows mercy there doesn't make a lot of sense sure. to me. You know. But it is a the, good fight. The, the way she's justifying it, like, I'm not going to kill you right now. I'll kill you in, like, six or seven hours, and that'll be fine. Like, Well, outside of the house where your daughter won't see your dead body, and, you know. I guess. Um, but it is a good fight. And you have it higher up on your list anyway, so it's not. Just a little. Yeah. yeah. Seven for So you, my for number six. Yes. Your number six was Vernita. Uh, my number six is L Driver. Ooh, Wow. I thought that might be a hot take, but I'll, it is I'll a tell hot you, take. I'll tell you what I don't love as much about her when I when I compare her to the rest. I'm thinking about like cool villains, right? Like what she does is uh, backstab her brother, kill him for no real reason other than Bill's, the money, Bill's brother. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess not her brother. Yeah. Bill's brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's real. Her, part, uh, it's the worst that, thing that she does <laughs> in a way. Yeah. You would think that they have a, a an agreement. Well, yeah. it's that's what's nice. That's to me one of the nice things about L Driver is that she is real cold. She is not very yeah, cold. She is not. She does not give. She she's in the first movie. She's mostly in the second movie, but she is in the first movie. She's doing that whistle thing, which is very catchy. Yeah, um, I do love that. But she wants to kill the bride in her sleep, and it yells at Bill when Bill says, "We're not going to do that." She's very <laughs> mad and that she can't just murder her in her sleep um, while she's in her, in her coma. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, for me, like she doesn't really accomplish. Much? No, she doesn't. She she fails pretty hard. She tries to be sneaky, and it it 
it backfires for sure. And she yeah. she also kills Pi or doesn't kill Pi May. No, she kills Pi May. She poisons she his does, fish yeah. heads. Like that doctor points for that too. Yeah, that but you're sucks. docking her points where awesome. I'm like I'm like, yeah, I like that she is she's separated in that way. I also think that Daryl Hannah T- Tarantino's a great at, at using actors like in the perfect way. And Daryl Hannah is just like the perfect casting for, for this character. She she does such a good job. And not that I think I mean, I don't know, maybe there's an argument that she's a good actor or something, but she's just really good at doing this. You know what I mean? Like I think the same thing about Bill. Like, um I like David Carradine as an actor, but it, him as Bill is just like, oh yeah, that's perfect. You know, like, yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, with Elle, I feel like while I liked her, her close combat scene at the end where she got into a fight, mm-hmm. I, I, I kept feeling like everything she did wasn't playing by the rules. Yeah, definitely. Which maybe not. you, you gave her points for, yeah. but yeah, the way she kills Pyme is like sneaky and underhanded and not, you're yeah, not she's, playing by she's the rules. almost you're not like the fair. most classic villain archetype in this in this movie in these movies you know what i mean she's like especially like for kung fu she's just like evil and bad and would do dishonorable things like killing her master dishonorable Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. like how are you gonna kill like she wanted to kill the bride in her sleep Mm -hmm. and like to me that's just like what what do we dishonorable for sure but but i I didn't dock her points i I appreciated that she was different in that way you know so yeah yeah um okay my number five my number five is bud um and i love bud i do i'm a big fan okay but i like everybody in my top i like everybody in my top nine (laughs) the only person i don't like is buck (laughs) (laughs) but bud is awesome bud is played uh by um uh michael madsen is that his name uh uh-huh. You know, Tarantino staple, and it's great to see him pop up in things um, because he's he's a great actor when used right, and he's a perfect bud. But is Bill's brother, um, and mm-hmm. actually I think has a lot of similarities to 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 Bill. You know, he's got a bit of the same sort of um, you know cool guy attitude. <laughs> you know, I think both of them probably think they're like cool, but Bud has. Uh, more than any of the uh, assassins, um, what what are they called? What are they called? The Deadly Viper Squad, I think, is like their assassin like name. That. Yeah. More than they any of them, he's things. really sort of like lost his way. He doesn't, you know. He probably at some point decided he was he was done killing, and has just moved out into the desert. And is, he's he's very different, and I think it's very cool. Um, he's also probably comes the closest to killing the bride out of anybody. Um, sure he does yeah shoots her in the chest he, he's not fooled easily you know what i mean he's ready where a lot of people he's on high a alert. lot of people take her for granted are kind of too cocky not him he's he's just ready waiting with a shotgun as soon as she comes in the door mm-hmm. just blasts her with with some buck salt into the chest and then buries her alive which is super up and sadistic which yeah. i think is all, another yeah. uh, trait he shares with with bill there's only one scene with bill and him together but they did seem like brothers that kind of ended up on different sides uh, of, the, of the tracks. I love, that I love it too, and I think yeah. I think that's like Tarantino being a really masterful a character and dialogue. Um, and I think Bud in general is like a really good example of just like you know 
uh, great character building. There's the scene where the stripper's like, hey, the toilet's full of shit. And he's just like, you can see in his face. Like, he's like, well, yep, this is who I am now. And he goes, well, I'll go clean it up. Like, he doesn't fight. Yeah. He just takes the shit. He's, he's just... He's a defeated is, man yeah. at that uh-huh, point. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's living great, in his great character home, making margaritas. Yeah, great character. Real bummed to see yeah. him get fooled by, by Al. Um, yeah, the way he died uh, was a shame, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe he should have tried to sell that Hattori Hanzo to anybody else. <laughs> She's like <laughs> the most evil villain in the world. Maybe don't do yeah. business with her. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, All right, well, uh, my number five is... Uh, Johnny Moe and the Crazy Idiot. Oh, I think another <laughs> hot take for me. <laughs> what really? No, I mean they're awesome. Like, I I I love the whole crew. Yeah. I love that all. It's just, I mean, they're classic henchmen, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, here's a bunch of dudes that are just gonna go in and and get killed, same as, um, you know, the yeah, agents like, in the Matrix, right, or whatever. right, right, yeah. or like Bond villain, you know, henchmen, just exactly like we're just gonna faces. throw a bunch at you for mm-hmm. you to slaughter kind of uh, as you go down the list and they're super fun and and that scene like i said is probably my favorite uh where she takes all of them out um it's amazing it's some of the best action they're, they're basically hired hitmen mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a crew they don't have a lot of richness or depth to them other than being kind of crazy uh, i do like that they're yeah. like young they're kind of portrayed as like horny and drunk <laughs> You know, yeah, and, and some of them kind of scared yeah. about mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like they've joined this gang, and they shouldn't really even be in that room. Yeah, uh, Johnny Moe does die quickly, yeah. which is I think part of the reason he gets thrown in just with the crazy eighty-eight. Because as separated yeah. as he is, he <laughs> gets his leg chopped off <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> He's done pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. He probably makes quick work out of all of the uh, crazy eighty-eight, but. Yeah, I'll get more into my thoughts when they come up for me. Um, anything else you want to say about them? No, I mean, like I said, like in in general terms, I still think that whole crew can be seen as kind of a minor character. So, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's why middle of the list for me, number five. Well, my number four is L Driver. So okay, not not. So you're only two uh, different. You thought well, that was that crazy? Yeah, two difference a lot in in, in this list. Um, but yeah, right. L driver. I mean, we, I already talked about her. I think she's cool in the way that she is so dishonorable and like different than the rest of the Viper squad in that way, you know, just such stark differences, each of them really. And that, that's really one of, again, we're going into character and, and, and world building and, and how, how good of a script this is, um, for those reasons. But, uh, yeah, I love, I I'll love say- L. I thought she was a very good villain like as a villain she was very good scary you know in a lot of ways um and definitely cold and evil so yeah i'll performed. say you mentioned uh great screams in this movie she, and she's got the best when she gets <laughs> when her, she gets her eye fucked so, out her, her other eye yeah. ripped out yeah that scream is yeah, it's a bunch of jump. screams because <laughs> yeah. yeah, as she's walking out she's just like oh, yeah. Ah. yeah, it's like just just flailing you, yeah, about, and like, like you hear it. it for a while after the bride walks out, and, and you just know. Yeah. I also like that kind of fate that you kind of you kind of know like what's gonna happen because the black mamba's still in there, but you know you uh-huh. just sort of see 
the bride walk away. All right, my number four is Gogo Yubari. Wow. Was she your six? She or was your my seven. seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. right I was going to say, I thought we had them just switch. But yeah, Gogo Yubari. I mean, I think we've said most of what there is to say. Yeah. Before I uh, went back and rewatched, I actually thought that fight scene between them was going to be a lot longer and drawn mm-hmm. out. But she actually makes pretty quick work of Gogo. Go- so. Gogo's kind of like. Uh, you ever watch like Battle Royale or like WWF? No, 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 the movie. And I think I think no. it's kind of like, or at least at some point, it was a trope in in at least like anime and in some probably uh, Japanese cinema of just being like a cute schoolgirl who is sadistic and violent <laughs> and uh, yeah. pulls it off well. She does that little tee laugh. <laughs> she, she does. But yeah, it's it, it. She is very comic bookly, comic booky more than most characters in, in the movie. Um. Okay. So what? I'm on three. Yes. Right, are you ready for this? I suspect we might have the same one. My number three is Bill. My number three is uh, Bill. Bill's great. I mean, he's great. Oh yeah. He's he's I do love he's him. the big bad of the whole series. Um. And he's very cool, and he's portrayed wonderfully cool. by um, by uh, uh, David, David Carradine. Carradine. Uh, rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's great. His he's mostly monologues. You know, <laughs> it's like his whole character is mostly like, long drawn long, out, long drawn out. Yeah. You know, he's 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 a lot of it's it's very Tarantino more so than a lot of the other dialogue in the movie where it's like a lot of metaphors, a lot of pop culture references. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you can tell that like, it, it, it is another sort of staple of Tarantino movies. And I love it is like when they like give dialogue and, and choices to actors to chew the scenery and David Carradine is chewing the scenery <laughs> in every scene he's in yeah. and doing a wonderful job, whether he's playing the flute or he like shoots when he shoots <laughs> at, at the bride <laughs> when he's dressed like Han mm-hmm. Solo <laughs> kind of, but, um, yeah, he's great. Uh, he doesn't get a ton of action, really. Um, but no. he's very his his scenes are all very weighted, and 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 you know, I think I think it's tough for any movie to have a character built up this much, and then when you get to him at the very end, I mean, he has flashback scenes, of course, throughout the movies, but when you get mm-hmm. to him at the very end, to be to be able to spend that much time with him, as much time as you do spend with him at the end, and him kind of live up to the hype and the building uh, very well. Um, like there's no disappointment once you get to Bill. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I really like the flashback scene too, where you see him show up at the wedding, yeah, great. or the the rehearsal beforehand, and yeah, he's got the interaction with the bride. His, and, his reaction to when she says, "My dad," <laughs> this is my dad, uh-huh. is, is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He in that scene, at least, like in the original massacre acts a little bit uh, dishonorably, you know, and a little dishonestly, where kind of saddles up to her and, and then mm-hmm. kind of goes at her, obviously, mm-hmm. with the massacre. But then you see him after that kind of say, all right, no, I'm going to play by the rules and right, 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 not right. just going to, you know. Well, it's four years later, and he's had a daughter. Yeah. You know, he's been raising. He's had a little bit of growth. He's been raising a kid, so, yeah. Good for um, him. But yeah, he's super. Yeah, he's Bill also super, cool super sadistic and like uses her daughter against her, and it's like he's not. 
He's not like a good guy at all. And it's nice seeing because he's so charming think- and likable, you know, that it, it's fun to watch him kind of to be reminded, oh, right, he's like bad and evil. And that balance and that like playing with that, I think, is really, really cool. But you say he uses his daughter against her and. Yeah, he's I like, don't, don't kill if- me. We're going to live together. I've been raising. Look, I'm her dad. You know what I mean? Like, he, he he's trying to manipulate in the bride in the last scene. He's not like, I'm gonna murder you. He's like, he you know drugs her. He makes her listen. He forces her to like you know, not kill him right away. And he does that by you know incapacitating her, but also using her her daughter against her. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, I guess he's trying to make his point. But he could also just kill her at that point right, if he right, wanted right. to. You know, but so hey, I he think already that's killed her once. less sadistic and more part of his weird character. Um, okay, so my number two. There's only we definitely have the same one. One thing is the same up here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying one, to think I th- of. I'm oh, gonna I know guess who you're missing. I'm gonna guess your number. My our number ones are the same. So my number two, I think so, is too. the crazy eighty eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the crazy eighty-eight is. How, tell me why they got that high. Because on it's list. it's it's one of the best action scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. I just love. I could just watch that chunk of that movie, over and over and over again, a hundred times. The crazy eighty-eight. Not it, it. Not only do they each have like in their within their fight, each one gets taken on, not necessarily individually. But they're all taken out like in a different way, you know what I mean? Like each, yeah. I think the like I I was trying to think of other movies that have similar sort of um, sequencing, and I, I was thinking like, well, a classic is Three Hundred, which is a movie I don't like, but like that's another movie where you see a lot of people fighting one guy or you know groups of people, but but like a lot versus a few, and often in that movie, in in movies like that, what you see is just somebody slashing their sword kind of one, two, I got you in the chest, I got you in the leg, I got you in the arm, and moving on. The, that, the fight with the Crazy 88 is not like that. Like, each person gets You're right about gets that. in there, like, is swinging, gets uh, chopped in a different way. Like, it has it, it feels like a bunch of individual fights, and it's really impressive when you watch it because of that. And not only that, but I feel like each, or at least a majority of the, the 88, as they are henchmen, they are unknown henchmen they don't have a lot of personality but within their fighting you do see them each kind of have like like maybe one's like more aggressive and then one's like you can tell is a little bit scared you even said that you know you have people who fight a little bit crazier people who fight a little bit more timid you have different sort of sections of the fight where people are doing different things it to me it's just so interesting and so cool i'll tell you i think that is certainly the iconic scene in either movie, oh, right, right? For sure, for the, sure. The image you have in your head of this movie is her in her yellow mm-hmm. jumpsuit just taking out these yeah, guys, and they're right? all losing limbs but, and blood squirting everywhere. Yeah, but I think what you're doing is uh, giving the Crazy 88 credit for that fight scene, which is not an unfair thing to do, but a lot of that is the bride, too, and just the action more than... To me, the character. How sure. cool that villain okay, is. Okay, but yeah. he- here's what I'll say. That in most movies, the character of the Crazy 88 is just henchmen, right? And they... So, to, to look at... Just to compare it to, like, other characters in their class, 
They are light years ahead. They are by far at the top of the game. There's no cooler group of henchmen, and that puts them high up on my list. I mean, so, again, I compared them to the agents in The Matrix before, Mm -hmm. right? Where you've just got a bunch of dudes that all kind of look the same, that are super cool in their fighting style, and... You yeah, know, but the even, agents don't come at Neo with like different styles, with personality. The Crazy Eighty Eight does. It's 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 super impressive in that way. Um, but yeah, but but I, I know what you're saying. As characters, they are just horny, violent, crazy yeah. people. Men and men yeah. and women, which I also think is cool. There's there's like women henchmen in the Crazy Eighty Eight, um, and they're all young. I mean, they, there's like. They do have some stuff though. They get to call that guy Charlie Brown. They, like before they start fighting, we, do, we do like get to Charlie see them Brown like, a lot. and they have dialogue and stuff. It, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I understand what you mean. But but for me, number two, just top top of the game there. All right, your number two is my number two is Bud. I know it. <laughs> yeah, which which means we do have the same number one. But uh, Bud, I think, is a lot cooler of a character. I guess just in his, you know, quiet, reserved defeatedness, like he's kind of a, a hillbilly redneck mm-hmm. who's, you know, retired and just wants to mostly be left alone and live out the rest of his sad life. And he kind of feels like he deserves that sad life because of what he's done. Like he says, we. We deserve to die in, in one she scene. Doesn't revenge, mean he's gonna just roll over. Like he still defends himself, but he'd be happy to just live on his own if nobody messed with him. He could just live his his sad life. And I also like that he's got definitely a, a compassionate side, where you know he gives her the flashlight, for example, when he buries her alive. And I think even the the burying her alive is is pretty ruthless yeah. and awful. Yeah. But as compassionate as you could be in that moment, I guess at least he he seems to have regrets, and he seems like a a he's, pretty he's only killing her because if character. he doesn't, she's gonna kill him for sure. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it's weird to think of him as just acting in self defense, but it's basically what he's doing. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's really sentimental is when the reveal when you find out that he did keep the Hanzo blade that. His brother gave him. I yeah, thought that, was, that was really yeah. cool too. It's like, oh, like. But is definitely like a Tarantino character from a different movie dropped into this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll say, I I really like Michael Masden too in his other roles in the Quentin Tarantino universe. Like, it's it's weird, and maybe I just don't know it, but it doesn't seem like he had a huge career. No, he was never outside. He was of, never that good in anything outside of Tarantino movies. He's just yeah, like made for but, Tarantino films. <laughs> In those roles, he's really good, and it works really well. And I, I thought he played Bud really well yeah. too. So, Bud is my number two, which means that both of us have the same number one. Yeah, Oren Ishii, the coolest villain yes. in the Kill Bill movies. She's so badass. <laughs> she really is, and for me, it's not even close. I know. Like she is, she was a clear number she is, one. She, so she's like the big bad of the first movie, um, and yeah. deserves every moment of it. Like. Her backstory is yes. amazing. Um, yes. I remember, so I, this is part of my story of being in the theater watching this movie, being, you know, 16 or so. And I was kind of into anime at the time, I guess. I mean, I, I probably wasn't like into anime the way that some kids were, but uh, I still am kind of like that where I like anime, but I, I probably know a lot less than most people. 
but uh, I had been watching some anime. I had no idea that that section of the movie was going to be animated. And then it started, and I swear, my mind was blown. Like, I didn't know that was allowed in movies. I was like, and then the story was so cool, and it was like just straight up like it was out of an anime. I was just like, what is mm-hmm. happening? This is amazing. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, her, she's, first of all, Lucy Liu, I was just talking about her with you the other day. She she's so charming. I I just love. I she wish really she was is. in more things. Like I wish she. I I know she was like a mega star, but I wish she was like in. I w- I don't know why she wasn't like just solid leading lady for twenty years. <laughs> like she should have just been. In, I agree with in you. Everything yeah. for twenty years because she's amazing. She's 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 like fun, but like a good actress. She's got the charm thing. Like um, like a Tom. Not uh, Tom Cruise isn't even the right. Like uh, like a Ryan Reynolds or something, where you're just like, I like seeing him on screen. Chris Pratt, you're like, I just like him. He's fun yeah. to see on screen. Yeah. I feel that way about Lucy Liu. I'm just like, I'm happy she's here. She makes everything better. <laughs> um, but then she also plays that character like with a seriousness and in, 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 yeah, in I mean, a really cool way. Um, her badassness can't be uh, toned down either because like. To me, that the the scene where she's in the boardroom with all yeah, those she guys chops off Tanaka's head—it's amazing. Chops off Tanaka's head, yeah. I mean, like that's the moment where you're like, oh yeah, she's like a super villain here. Yeah. Like she's not just uh, the head of the whatever you know sitting on, on top yeah. the yakuza. She's just uh, yeah, Cole. She's, she's like that spot. yeah, she knows what she has to do. And then her fight—we I mean we didn't even touch on it—but her fight with the bride is probably my favorite fight in the whole movie. Out in the snow, yeah. Quiet, it slows the pace down from, like, you're coming off the fight with a crazy 88. You're coming off with, like, this, off of this really cartoony, really high-impact, high high-action high fight to something with... Yeah, where you don't see uh, Orenishi very no, much at no, all throughout that to, fight. Like, now we're fighting the big boss, we're outside, it's serene, it's quiet, the snow is falling... Um, there's mm-hmm. like no music really. Um, there's, it's just, it's just them fighting. She's wearing white mm-hmm. too, I think, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's, it's all very serene. It, and it's yeah. beautifully shot. And then like, there's also like maybe my favorite moment as far as character, sort of characterization of these, especially of the deadly Viper, uh, assassins or whatever they were called, um, is when Oren on the bride for a minute. She's like. A white girl playing with samurai swords and then like they fight mm-hmm. a little bit but then like pretty quickly after she's like i'm sorry i said that <laughs> you know i'm sorry she was <laughs> yeah. like she like it's almost like she like remembers all of a sudden that's right where we come from who we are i'm like in that moment she stops being that yakuza boss that she's been for however many years and she goes back to being like that's right we train together we you know we yeah, were part and, of the same and she's sort group. of doing to the bride the same thing that was done to mm-hmm. her. Like you see it in that Boss Tanaka scene where her heritage is being used as a mm-hmm. negative against her. She's then doing that to the bride, and she's like, "Oh, wait a minute, that, that's not yeah. cool." Oren is the coolest. Lucy Liu should be yeah, in agree. everything all the time. And uh, yeah, hundred percent. Great movies. I could talk about Kill Bill for another hour, but uh, I think we got to wrap this up. Yeah. I like when we have a, a clear consensus number yeah, one. It is nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. We agree. We agree. Um, all right. Well, that will do it for uh, this week's episode. Um, real quick, I want to plug our theme song is for, uh, by um, Mitchell Hardage. You can follow him at Mitchell Hardage on Instagram. And um, 
Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a ranking and, you know, share this episode out. Share it, share it with your friends, you yeah. know, if you guys enjoyed it. Just share it on social media or tell a friend about it. Uh, that would help us yeah, out a lot. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Rank Bros Pod. Yep. All sorts of cool things happen in That's there. That's it. Join us next week for another great ranking. Foo? Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> I teased you that I was changing up how I do the outro. Right. You, I was going to actually plan something. something. Yeah, so I decided I'm going to play to my strengths, Mohammed. I'm going to I'm going to end each episode with a joke about the list. Okay. That we just <laughs> That's did. Your Are you strength? ready? Okay. I, I wrote this joke. All right, cool. Thirty minutes ago. All right. Uh, what did Bud say to Oren Ishii's assistant after he thought he killed the bride, but also he was pretty tired? <laughs> what What did he say? <laughs> After he killed the bride, after he thought he killed the bride, yeah, but also he was really tired. Thought he killed the bride. He got Oren Ishii's assistant and had okay. something to say what to her, that? but he also he was pretty tired. He said, "Go go, you Barry. <laughs> go go, you Barry. <laughs> yeah." That's All right, it. bye. Okay, so I guess that's why we call ourselves the Rank Bros. <laughs>